Life Remixed. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's Mark Wilkinson here. Uh, just having a, a slight bit of uh, slight bit of interesting uh, thing there with the uh, in, with the technology. It tried to kick me out and something, but I'm back on now. That's good. I've got Instagram over here. Uh, I've got uh, everyone else over here from Facebook to LinkedIn to YouTube to Twitter. Uh, it's Wednesday evening. Every Wednesday evening, we do straight talking. Uh, here with me, Mark Wilkinson. We're uh, we're live from London across all the social media platforms. Uh, so grateful for the responses we've had from all of you guys so far. It's been amazing. Uh, we've had great, great interviews with uh, Danny Ramplin. Uh, we've had uh, great interviews with Harry Singer, Pashmina Pash. We've had so many great people. And tonight, I'm really, really pleased to welcome uh, Dimple Thakra to uh, to the stream with me. We're going to go for a great interview together, but a little bit about Dimple before I bring her in. Uh, she's a relationship and love coach. Uh, she's a best-selling author, a global speaker, a healer, uh, and someone who is just fascinating to listen to. You're going to absolutely love Dimple. So I'm going to bring her in now. Here she is. Hello, Dimple. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. How are you, Mark? Nice yeah, I'm excellent. I'm excellent. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's great to see you too. Um, whereabouts Thank you for having me. Oh, no, it's a pleasure to have you here. Whereabouts in the world are you right now? So I am currently in Porto Benus, Spain. Nice, so. yes. Okay, and you're enjoying that? And what are you doing there? Um, interesting. I'll tell you very quickly the story. So back in June, July, I said to my husband, I need to be by the ocean, babe, to write my third book. And just left it at that, because this is something key to uh, note, that... Men love to solve problems. When we solve them for you, for them, they hate it. So I just left that out there, right? Didn't think anything of it. And then it was our 25th wedding anniversary in August. And he said to me, um, we're going to Spain next week for a month. Pack your things. Let's go. And I was like, oh, wow. So that was the whole of September. Anyway, it's almost December and we're still here. Still there, still writing, still writing. Still writing. I, love I love it. Good for you, good for you. So, look, I mean, welcome to Straight Talking. Uh, we've had some great responses from all over the world. Uh, loads of people here on Instagram listening to you as well. And obviously, we've got everyone else joining us from uh, from all of the Facebook streams. So, uh, fantastic to have you here. Um, I've got a few questions, as I always do. You know, it's an interview. We need to talk about stuff, don't we? So, um, favourite yeah. music. You know my background. You know the book's called life remixed you know i was a dj and a record producer and still do a little bit here and there so um you know what's your favorite tune and why um, or is there a genre or what is it about music that really works for you oh the genre would have to be 70s nice. and, and motown and soul and all that kind wow, of, yeah, yeah. you know and for me the reason for it is because the words the lyrics the vibe the fact that you can actually hear the words <laughs> sounded really old. <laughs> so I could sing along, right? So <laughs> I have a, I have a, I'm just looking at my phone for the songs because I have a whole playlist that my daughter made for me, my eldest daughter, and she's, she's named it Songs My Mum Would Sing. So uh, that just <laughs> sums up. <laughs> so no, yeah. cool. I mean that's cool I mean at the end of the day for me it was always about the uplifting songs you know I always loved the uplifting tunes you know that was the thing for me you know yeah. I, never, I never really loved the ballads for me it was always about the, the soul the, 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 the beat yeah absolutely yeah. and then you can have a boogie too right yeah. so that's it. That's it. I, do, I do have one particular song called um, it's from Dinah Ross I don't really have heard of it or not. I'm coming out oh, and cool. it's yeah, right. that song for me absolutely signifies um, the transition for me of the stuff that we're going to talk about today, about me stepping into my true power. So that for me, I'm coming out, was like... Nice, nice. And and has been used in the gay nightclubs for many years about obviously coming out and showing yourself, which is... Showing your truth, who you yeah, actually yeah. are, right? It's yeah. so true, Mark. Never thought about it like that. Thank you. Yes, yeah, so true. Powerful yeah. song. Very, very powerful song, that is. Yeah. 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 Love it, love it. So um, 
let's talk a little bit about your life and your career. Of course, I know that you, you know, you're an author. I know you're a Tony Robbins Platinum partner. You know, I know some great things about you. But let's assume that the guys that are listening here, they don't know enough about you um, and what you do. You know, let's talk about your life, your story, how you got to this point, uh, and also how you how you can help and what you do. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Well, firstly, thank you to your audience for their time today, for gifting us their time. It, it truly, you know, when somebody decides to spend time with you, that that means a lot. So mm. thank you for that first. Um, and so my story, I've been coaching now for about 25 years. Uh, I started off as a dietitian working in the NHS. And really, when I look back, that was where all my apprenticeship was around understanding people, understanding the dynamics, because I worked with a group of people that were really um, uh, dying prematurely, people that were dying from motor neuron disease, Parkinson's, MS, stroke. So that was my speciality. So really going deep into people's lives. I used to visit their homes and spend a lot of time with them. Um, and throughout that time, I was married to um, a beautiful human being who um, I would address as a serial entrepreneur looking back now. He could never work for anybody. Hmm. Um, at the beginning of our marriage, I forced him to work for somebody. It was the worst thing that I could have ever done. Hmm. Three months of hell, he lost who he was. Um and also the trials and tribulations of being the spouse of an entrepreneur mm. is tough. Um, I have two girls and the first daughter was born and he didn't see her for two years. Wow, yeah. And that was hard. That was hard. And at the same time, I had postnatal depression. So it was really tough. I felt very isolated. And that was the start of building up a lot of resentment and a lot of blame and feelings of it's easy for him and it's okay for him. Um, I'm I'm the one that had to like lose my body and you know and then lose my identity and lose who I was. And I didn't really want children, <laughs> so you can see the picture now starting to um, evolve. And so um, the marriage was up and down, I would say. It was a roller coaster. When it was good, it was amazing. And when it was bad, it was terrible. And the, the problem was the balance shifted more and more. There were more bad days than good days. And so you're all probably going, well, you're a relationship coach. Why do you not know how to do this, right? At that time, I was, wasn't, my speciality wasn't intimate relationships. It was very generalized. Um, and my first book was actually on your relationship with food and yourself. Mm. So, um, while, and also while doing all this stuff, I wasn't, while I was helping others, it's easy to help others because you're not emotionally attached. It's a lot harder to work on yourself, a lot harder. And while I still did a lot of working on myself, I had blind spots. Yeah. I just, like, I'm human, right? I had blind spots. I couldn't see what I couldn't see. And that's why you get a coach. That's why you get mentors, right? Exactly. To help you see what you don't see. Hmm. To help you see those blind spots. And so I, on our... Uh, 20th wedding anniversary we decided that enough was enough we were done well we we after 20 done. years yeah we were done and we were like right okay we can't we love each other love is not the issue like i married my soulmate mm. we love each other to bits but we don't know how to relate to each other we don't know how to be together and make each other happy after 20 years of marriage as well yeah yeah tough yeah. tough yeah um you know we went through a lot a lot together within the first year of our marriage i lost my mum prematurely there was a lot of stuff that we went through that most couples don't go through over a lifetime we went through 
in a very short period of time, but we didn't have the tools, the strategies, the mm. communication skills to understand how to navigate that. So um, on our 20th wedding anniversary, we decided to um, put a plan in place to exit our marriage, like a business strategy. So on our 25th wedding anniversary, we were going to get a divorce. We were planning how to split the assets, how to everything. Um, and that would mean that both our girls, because we have two children at by this point, would be adults. Yeah. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough to hear that, you know, after a 20-year marriage to then plan a five-year separation to, as, as it take five years to separate. You know, I mean, you you must have been, you were just totally, that's it. We are done. It's not going to change. And that's, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, move on and, and, and that's that's the way that you decided that between both of you. Yeah, yeah, because he was exhausted. Yeah. He was exhausted and I just was done with him not changing. Because hmm. he, <laughs> he, wasn't, he, wasn't he wasn't necessarily being what you wanted him to be at that, yeah, yeah. And I was, I, and that's the way I looked at it and when I, as, you know, as I tell my story, it'll all start to make sense i was done with him not wanting to change right yeah. that's how i perceived it then i think so a lot of women I, I think simple i think a lot of women will will relate yeah <laughs> to this yeah i was done yeah and so um there was something that and i can only call it divine intervention because at the time i had a business coach because i just started my own business and so um, I hired a business coach and she introduced me to somebody called Tony Robbins and no idea who he was, watched mm. him on YouTube a little bit, really liked his vibe, realized that he was coming to London. So I was seven months into my business and I went along to his event in London sure. thinking, well, you know, really in the back of my mind, I was thinking, is this going to like help me or not? But, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer in personal development. You grow constantly, otherwise you can't reciprocate right. that to your clients. So you're growing or you're dying, one or the other. Right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so then I went along to his UPW and with got the best seat, everything, and I thought I'd, like, I'd paid a lot of money. It was like nearly four grand for the best seat in the house what i thought was the best seat in the house right up the turns front. out right at the front turns out it wasn't right at the front there was another level called platinum partners okay yeah right? yeah that's it right at the front so within the first day um they were advertising platinum partners and i was like right i'm doing that i am doing that right and was so, your husband was your husband actually there with you? Not not on the first time you went to see Tony Robbins, you were just there on your own. I was the first, the first event. I was on, the first event I was on my own. Sure. So, and then so because this is where the story really starts. On the on the second day, it was midnight, and for anybody who hasn't been to a Tony Robbins event, it's full on. Like it's twelve hours solid. There are no breaks. That's so right. it was midnight, and I and um, I I just. Have you ever had that feeling where you get pulled to something and you don't know why you're doing it and it makes no sense, <laughs> no logical sense whatsoever, but you're pulled, yeah. right? I was pulled to the table, I signed, and then I went, shit. <laughs> because... <laughs> I went, shit, what have I done? I'm only seven months into my business. How am I going to pay for it? Mm -hmm. right yeah and how am I going to tell my family because Platinum Partners is a 12 month program that you go to access to all of his events around the frigging world mm. and it ain't right? cheap it ain't cheap, and it ain't cheap. It, let me come to it right <laughs> so I ring my husband up at midnight and I say to him babe I've done something crazy Please, please don't shout. No, he doesn't shout. He doesn't shout. But it, this is my perception when he raises his voice, right? Sure. Because the tone in my brain is like he's shouting, and it's not. It, 
it was the meaning I was putting on that. So I'm on the phone and he said, listen, I've been traveling around the world because at this point he'd taken over a new business that was global. So he'd been to various places around the world, right? And he said, I'm really tired. I'm really tired. Just say it. Whatever it is, just say it. <laughs> right? And he yeah. said to me, and I said to him, I've joined something called Platinum Partners, Tony Robbins Platinum Partners, and it's 75,000 US dollars. <laughs> just vomited it out. <laughs> it ain't cheap. <laughs> it ain't cheap. And that isn't the travel or anything mm. like that. Like, no, you no. have to do yeah. that, right? And I vomited it out. And he said, and with hindsight, thinking back, he probably thought I'd had an affair. Oh, right? Okay. That was probably his worst nightmare when you think about like the fact that I'm away for five days, like okay. yeah. I've done something crazy, I'm ringing him at midnight, right? So 75 grand was a, was a relief, is that what you <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But then anyway, he said, he, he said to me, and this was the first lesson, Ladies, I want you to hear this. There are clues. This was the first lesson. He said to me, 20 years ago, you took a job and you were the main breadwinner so that I could follow my desire and my dream to build a business. And he said, so the way I see this is just an investment now in you, it's your turn. Lovely. Stepped up. He stepped up, didn't he? And I just thought, yeah, like, Mark, honestly, that was the first lesson. That was the first, even though we're going through a divorce, like, we're, we're literally, set, like, he's like, I'll back you. I trust you, I'll back you. Yeah, he showed you, didn't he? He stepped up. He stepped up. He mm. stepped up. Awesome. So that was the first thing. And then... So I went along to some of the events. I'd never traveled on my own before in my life. So I would get lost going to a toilet in a restaurant. Like, there were too many doors. Like He'd have to send the girls to get me out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> too many doors or mirrors. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right? I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, like, tra I hadn't anticipated that I would have to actually get on a plane myself and travel the world, right? So right. that was the first growth right yeah and then and um so then the next battle was taking him to a relationship event that tony does only every two years and it's exclusive for his platinum partners and it's in hawaii mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and we were living in england were you still planning the divorce at this stage or is this still you were just still yeah okay oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. not yeah 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 and he'd never heard of Tony Robbins. He didn't care who he was, right? I was a super fan at this point, right? All he knew is that this big American guy was making his wife happy every time she went to event, she'd come back happy. Right? He's like, must be doing something right. <laughs> so, yeah, he's got the thumbs up. He's got the thumbs up. So basically... Um, cut a long story short, I said to Atul, look, I, I, I'm asking you to come to this event. I need you to come. It's the only one you can bring your partners. Now, here's the thing. The universe always sends you tests. Yeah, yeah. It was at the exact same time as his brand new company's biggest trade show. The trade show was in Cannes, France, and this was in Hawaii. The exact yeah. same week. So he had to choose between giving up and letting his, it was his family's company and 150 employees down or his wife. Yeah, it's a big, a big choice for a man. That is a big choice. Well, not just for a man, just for, for a masculine person who's successful. Yes. That's a big choice. Huge, huge. He chose love. Mm-hmm. Lesson number two, <laughs> right? Clues, yeah. clues. Lesson number two, yeah. right? What do we not see? Still didn't see it. It's hindsight that's teaching me this now. Sure. 
I still didn't see it because I was so busy wrapped up in my own story. Yeah. As many people are, Dimple, yeah. Yeah. And so then what happened, we went along and day one, everything was amazing. Tony, uh, this is Atul's first ever event, right? And at the beginning, Tony says, who in the room doesn't want to be here? Who in the room has had their arm twisted behind their back to get and right three people stand up in that room my man is one of them <laughs> great i bet you i bet you were like oh no <laughs> i there was and here's what happened that there was a duality that occurred in me i could feel it in my body right there was one side of me that was like sit back down you idiot do not embarrass me in front of tony right uh, yeah 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 so I want you to just think about which energy that was, my masculine or my feminine, right? Yeah. And then there was the other part of me that was like, wow, wow, my hero. He will right. stand yeah. up right. for he will stand up for whoever he is, and I'm so proud that he's my man. He doesn't care. He's he will stand up for what he believes is right. How many people were there, Dimple? Five hundred. 500 people, yeah. So he stood up and he said in 500 people and said, yeah, you've twisted my arm to be here. My wife I don't want to be here. I, I don't, don't want to be here. here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and okay. Tony looked him straight in the eye, Mark. He looked him straight in the eye. And what it was, a, it, and I remember it, like the feeling to this moment, it was a beautiful exchange of masculine respect. Right? He acknowledged yeah. it. He nodded yeah. and he looked him straight in the eye and he said, I understand, I value what you're saying. And he said, all I ask is that you have an open mind. Sure, yeah, absolutely. An open mind is the key, isn't it? To everything. Give it, to anything, give it a chance. Just give mm. it a chance, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Atul said, okay, I can do that. Because he didn't challenge him or judge him. He just honoured who he was as a, as a man. Right? Yeah. It, it was just a beautiful feeling and exchange of honour, respect and value. And, and so Atul sat down. Anyway, everything was great that day. And we were getting on, right? We're at a relationship. We're in Hawaii. Come on. It was one of my bucket list places. What's not to like? Exactly. The flowers, the sun, everything, right? Yeah. Oh, those are the days. Anyway, yeah. All that, right? And so um, we were getting on. Anyway, day two, we, no, day one in the evening, we had the biggest fight. The biggest fight. So day two, I'm like, you do not need to sit anywhere near me. You yeah. get the hell away from me, right? <laughs> I, I'm with all my friends because these are all my friends now because I've yeah. been on so many events with them, right? So these are all my friends. I sit on the front row with all my buddies. He sits somewhere at the back. We have the biggest fight. He's trying to make it up to me all day. I'm like, we're done. Forget it. I don't need you, right? Pushing him away. Okay, yeah, yeah. And half past 10 at night, Tony's been doing about 12-hour day at this mm. point. And we've got a speaker at the front on the on a large, like Zoom, on a large yeah. screen, right? Tony's at the back of the room listening. The speaker finishes, I get up and say something, and it's completely the wrong thing to say. When you, you know, when you say something and you know that the energy and the vibe in the room just goes... <laughs> You weren't in a good place, were you? So, you know, you stood up and said what, it, what you said, yeah, whatever that is, but it yeah. wasn't the right thing, yeah. And, this, and, and suddenly I felt Tony's energy in the back <laughs> of the room. He's a big guy. <laughs> He's a big guy, right? And it was like fee, five, four, from all the way down right the aisle and he bellowed where is dimple <laughs> right uh, 
right? You do not want to. You do not want to face this guy, right? It's, and not, he, not when you th- not when you think you've put a, you put you've brought some energy down, and you think that yeah, you you think you think almost like you've made a mistake, but actually, I know where the story goes. That's right. Yeah. At that it moment, was, it was so he came round. And yeah, I, I had to, I remember I was in the front row, I had to stand up like this, I'm looking at him, right? <laughs> He's six foot seven. Yeah. I'm five foot two and a half. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> so he's like up here, right? Yeah. So I'm looking at him, he's this huge like horse head looking at me. And he starts to let rip. He starts to bellow. Now, I do want to make it clear. There was not one moment in that whole intervention that I felt threatened, unsafe. He was acting in absolute honour and integrity and in service of me. I think if people haven't seen um, I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix... If people haven't seen I'm Not Your Guru on Netflix, then they would they would understand more. If they have seen it, they would they would understand more about those interventions. The way he does that, you know, he makes people feel uncomfortable. It's not threatening or anything like that, but he makes people feel uncomfortable because that's where you're going to achieve something if you're outside that zone, right? Exactly. So that's what I, I do want to make that clear because it, it was in no way him. Um, it just wasn't threatening at all. No, no, no. Right? So, but I was very much, he was getting me to break my pattern. I was very much. Mm. Uh, and so he's coming at me, right? Lesson number three. Out of nowhere, something happens, right? He's coming at me and he stops. I'm going, what is, what's going on? This is lesson number three. I hadn't noticed that my beautiful man out of nowhere had come down the aisle and he was like this. (sighs) (laughs) Fronting up Tony Robbins. (laughs) Come on then. (laughs) Exactly. You nailed it, Matt. That's exactly what he was doing. Nobody messes with my woman. Nobody. Mm. Right? Not even Tony effing Robbins. I don't care how big you are. I don't care who you are. (laughs) I don't care who you are. And he was literally coming to fight him. Uh, Well, protect you. Yeah, to protect me. Exactly, man. And and so Tony stopped what he was doing with me and he turned around. And this is the piece that hurts the most. Mm. This is the piece. I didn't realise I didn't realize that he had come. I didn't notice that he had come. And it took for Tony to say, is this the man you're talking about not forgiving? Because mm. my comment to the speaker was that you don't have to forgive. Right. right? One up for me. Yeah. Is, is this the man you're talking about not forgiving? He says, I effing love this brother. Yeah. And he put his arm around him and he said, he's shown more courage in his little finger than you have in your entire 20 years of being married. Oh. Right? Yeah. How'd you take that one? <laughs> it, the truth will set you free. Yeah, well, you're right. Right? But the piece is, Matt, that if I hadn't noticed at all coming at that point... Where else in my life have I not noticed him coming to protect me? Mm, yeah, because you were, yeah, you were you were living well. You clearly weren't the enlightened you know being that you are now, right? You were no. living a different kind of life. Totally different. I was living in so much pain and suffering, and when I look back mm. now, and when I analyze that whole scenario. It was because I wasn't in balance with my masculine and feminine. Ah, and this is, yeah, I mean, it's a great story and I love it. I love it because your man stood up, showed his masculinity and protected you in that. But we're going to talk about masculine and feminine and the fact that we're all made up of masculine and feminine, right? Oh, both. And and, and I, I often work with my clients around this because in that moment, at that time, 
I can honestly say, and the numbers are arbitrary, the numbers are arbitrary, it's just to illustrate the point. I can honestly say that I was operating in probably 80% masculine and 20% feminine, which for me was completely inauthentic. It wasn't my natural status quo. And the reason I know that, Mark, is because I had severe neck pain for 15 years and there was no organic reason for it, no amount of physio, no nothing, right? And that was due to the fact that my balance was off, right? Yeah. So what had occurred in our marriage is that I had, after having the children, and it occurs a lot for women and a lot at this period of time, after having our first daughter, he went out to work to provide because he, in his brain, he's like, I've now got two, two to feed, yeah. right? And I was feeling vulnerable and having to look after this cub. So I rose in my masculine to protect myself and him and, and the child, right? He's in his masculine because his authentic balance is mainly masculine, right? We all have both, but the majority yes. for him is masculine. My healthy balance is 80% female and 20, 80% feminine, sorry, and 20% masculine, mm. right? So I'm operating in the flip Mm. of what's healthy for me. He's still in his masculine. We fought for 10 years. Why? Because masculine and masculine, it's like having a battery, positive and positive. There's no, it's going to repel. There's no polarity, Mm. right? I read a really interesting thing about that as well. I've read David Dieter, The Way of the Superior Man, is a book I'm sure you're aware of. Um, He he offers a really uh, interesting thing with that, whereas I I was brought up by my mum, so I was very much in my feminine. uh, My dad wasn't around, and my dad died when I was young. So I was brought up by my mother, and I was very much in that feminine kind of, you know, I was highly in touch with my emotions. That's where I helped me become a DJ and music and uplifting and dancing and partying and all that other stuff. You know, I did all of that. Um, and, but I, I totally, not totally, I was, I was 80% in my feminine and 20% in my masculine. And one of the things I didn't realize was that every relationship I got into, uh, we were probably both in that feminine pole quite often because I went with feminine women. I was in that feminine kind of pole and we were both there in the same thing. And, and he, he says in the superior man, in the way of the superior man, he says, if you're not man enough to make some decisions and be there for your feminine partner and offer decisions and help and support and be make sure she's safe, seen and heard and love her and feel her and, 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 and do everything like that, then she will start to accentuate her masculine because you're not doing it. And I wonder, I do, I do wonder if you, that's part of your description of what you just said, which was you both just went into that masculine pole. Well, no, what happened was because he still remained in his masculine Mm. And I moved into mine because he was mm. not there. That's what right? I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah. If, if yeah. he's not there, you have to do it. You have to over- I have to do it. You have to right. overcompensate. Yeah. That's right. And because I had a baby as well, right? Mm. Yeah. So I, I went like that and then whoosh, that happened for 10 years, right? Yeah. And then what happens? The man gets exhausted with it. Yeah. He, he wants his feminine woman. He wants his feminine woman, but it's so much effort to keep fighting. Mm. So in order to gain the polarity, because what does polarity provide? It provides intimacy, sex, passion, right? You don't want to feel like you're sleeping with a man. (laughs) Bottom line, right? It's not attractive. Not if you're a heterosexual man. No, you don't. That's right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. And, And so that, you know, and that's all it is. So what happens and what occurs in a lot of marriages, once the, you go through a phase of fighting and banging and trying to wear the trousers and get control, right? Mm. And then what occurs is the man drops into his feminine. Yeah, yeah. Because he wants polarity. So basically, I just grabbed his balls and took them. <laughs> yeah, leave them alone. <laughs> so the passion was still there but it wasn't satisfying because it wasn't authentic mm, yeah right it served a need yeah and neither one of you were getting exactly what you needed yeah right it's interesting isn't it 
So we lost who we were. Mm. It happens all the time in marriages. Yes, all it does. The time. Yes. And what I find is I have three categories uh, when people come to me. One is that they're just settling for mediocre. That's what that is, mm. right? Mm. Two is they go seeking elsewhere. They go to find passion elsewhere because they want that. They want to yeah. address. Or the third is they separate. Yeah. Right? And then we're done, yeah, that's right. And then we're done, right? Mm. Mm. Now, all of this can be solved and addressed very quickly. You're what right. occurred was... Tony Robbins had come at me in masculine mm. because that's how strong I was presented in masculine, right? Yeah, so he knew he could. Right, exactly. He That was the only way to get through to me. If you have a guy who's being like an idiot, you got to meet him with his energy. You've got to match him, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. He's not going to listen if you go, oh, there, there. <laughs> no. So that's what he was doing, right? And what he saw in Atul was, Atul could absolutely source his masculine because he came to protect me. Mm. That came from his gut. Yeah, well, yeah, brilliant. That he was his instinct. He wasn't even thinking. That was pure instinct. Right? Good on him. Good on him, is what I say. <laughs> yeah. And because he honored himself, right? That's what happened. So then that so then the whole intervention in itself took about um two hours. And halfway through, um, Tony actually got me to go down on my hands and knees in front of five hundred people and beg for forgiveness to my husband. Interesting. Yeah. And how did that make you feel? It was right. Okay, because good. It was right because I had to take ownership of what I had done, mm -hmm. just as he had, mm -hmm. just as he had. And I firmly believe that the women have the power in a relationship, but not in a way that you think. Not in the, you do what I say way. Not at all, because think about it, right? Mother nature. It's not father nature. <laughs> well, women are the most creative beings, aren't they, by far? You know, we need, you know, we need, the, we need women, don't we? So, yeah, absolutely. We've all come out of a woman, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we have. I mean, I, I had a great thing about the three... Uh, feminine needs and the three masculine needs i'm really interested in your take on this so the three feminine needs were, were sort of whittled down i know it's not that simple but it's just an interesting thing isn't it yeah. um, three feminine needs of safe seen and heard yes yeah and the three masculine needs of sex praise and respect right and um, but that's that's what i've heard i'd love your opinion on it uh, yeah. i think from my and it's worked for me to be fair it's worked for me because mm. once i understood the balance within me that i need i need all six of those things yeah but I need less of safe, seen and heard and a bit mm. more sex, praise and respect, you know? And so as a masculine guy, that's, I'm, I'm comfortable with that. And, yeah. and my feminine partner, she's comfortable in her feminine pole as well. So I, I don't know what you think about that, but I think it's a nice explanation. Yeah. It, you actually got it from me, Mac, when we did that talk. <laughs> I, thought it was from, I thought it was from the way of the superior man. It was from you. Wow. <laughs> that's how much impact you had on me. <laughs> and I got it from Tony okay. on that. Head. So there's no copyright. Right. There's no copyright. We're good. No, no, no. But I like to go back to source. I always honor source. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, always. Um, and so what happened? Um, I absolutely. So here's the piece with that. When we talk about it, it's not saying that we don't need anything else. These are hmm. the top three. These are the priority. Right? Nice, nice. And the reason for it is that when we, and this is something, it's Alison Armstrong's work, this again, I always honor the, the source, is that when we think about our primary, our primitiveness, mm. cave man, cave woman, right? Men are here to procreate. Mm -hmm. That's their primary function as, as 
cave people, right? Yeah. So we go back to that, that the history of that. And so therefore, that is why sex is their number one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Because they have yeah. to procreate, right? Mm-hmm. And so the reason that safety is women's number one is because we are prey. We are actually prey. When you think about it, and I learned this in that event, Tony asked the women in the room, how many times do you think about your safety in a day, for example? Mm-hmm. Probably about 98% of the women in the, in the room said at least more than once in a day, put their hand up, right? Then he asked the men, how often? Nobody put their hand up. And then he asked, well, how what, like in a month, probably two or three men put their hand up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Because innate in us, and it was mind-blowing, the men couldn't believe how often the women think about their safety. Mm. Right? So it's innate. Those are the top ones. The reason women need to feel seen and heard is because in the tribes, they made a lot of noise and were seen. It scared all the animals away. Yeah. Right? So it kept them safe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it worked. Okay, yeah. yeah. It worked. So men need respect and they need praise because that meant they were the king of the tribe, right? Mm. They got noticed, they got acknowledged, right? So it meant meant they looked after their physiques more and they they were stronger and because it was worth it. Hang on, I need to... Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Oh, that's good. Those are lovely explanations. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's so the that's, that's that's the reason behind mm-hmm. it. And of course, everybody wants to feel safe. Of mm-hmm. course, they do, including men. Of course, men want to be heard and seen. And yeah. of course, women want praise and they want acknowledgement. But it's just not got the same priorities. It's the order. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, yeah. I hear that. Yeah, yeah. you know. That's really so. Yeah, it's just a it's just a baseline thing that if you can at least start to be aware of those three things of what your partner needs, then that in itself can improve your relationship. I think when you go into your relationship with um, better information, you know, when you go into your intimate relationship, I mean, to be fair, you go into any business relationship, go into any relationship, it doesn't have to be your intimate relationship with your with your partner, does it? It can be any relationship. But once you get into that partnership, you know, obviously the first person to understand the most about is you. So, you know, if you can understand as much about you as possible, you know, because there are there are more uh, men, there are, you know, men with more feminine tendencies. I, I described myself as one when I was younger because I was brought up by my mum. Um, and there's there's women with more masculine tendencies and, and they're comfortable with that and that's how they are. Um, and that's, again, there's no judgment. It's just it's just how it is. But the majority, probably 80, 20, the majority of relationships are generally split with the masculine partner wants to be or would like to be or perhaps ought to be, you know, being the masculine, you know, offered, offering decisions, being loving, being present, being that man that, that, that actually brings, you know, the love and everything into the relationship to, that, that, that the woman, the, the feminine partner can then feel safe, seen and heard and can relax into her femininity, which yeah. is what we really want, by the way, masculine men. That's what we want. We want, we want our women partners. We don't want them to turn into like, you know, masculine, you know, ball breakers. We want them to turn into like beautiful feminine you know, uh, spiritual people, you know, and, and that's, that's what we want. So, but if you go in with that kind of understanding of yourself, even, even just this, you know, there's a lot more detail that we both offer in, in coaching and helping people. But the thing is, is that, you know, if you go in even with the slightest amount of kind of self-awareness of going into something, you can, you can make a better relationship for yourself. And I, I love the description that your intimate, your intimate relationship is your foundation. Yes. Without, without it, the rest of the the rest of life becomes very very complicated. Yeah, it's a model that I, I've um, developed actually, which is the foundation of your life is your relationship. First, mm. you, and then your intimate, and then whichever house you build, building you build on that. And that was the problem in our relationship was that our foundation was rocky; it wasn't mm. stable. So we kept building this house of family, businesses, mm. and it kept 
it, it would reach a certain level, so number of floors, and then it would collapse. Yeah. And once my husband and I had built this solid foundation of ourselves and then the relationship, mm. our businesses skyrocketed. Our family yeah. life skyrocketed. Our happiness skyrocketed. Amazing. And it continues to because the foundation is solid. And I think that's so important. If once once you can get that, and once you get that foundation, it's like building a building. You know, we do properties and stuff like that. But you build you build the foundations, and then you build up from there. And so many so many people go into relationships when they're like, you know, twenty or you know, twenty five. I mean, I was all I couldn't. I was all over the place when I was twenty twenty five. You know, but you go you go into relationships with the best intentions, but your foundations are all over the place. And you, I was yeah. twenty two when I got married. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was not marriage material at 22. <laughs> I was 22. I started seeing my husband when I was 17. Wow, wow, yeah, so you knew nothing else. Mm. Wow, and you were, opera- you were operating from that subconscious programming, from your family, from everything else, and you just went out into the world. You, you did your best. You were successful. You had two children, yeah. all that stuff, but your, your inner happiness was, wasn't, wasn't there. Well, I didn't know who I was, mm. right? Yeah. I didn't know who I was. So considering that, we did an incredible job, right? But the, the, the point is that that wasn't solid because the relationship with myself wasn't solid. Yes. Yeah, of, right? course. of course. So I didn't even know who I was. And then I was coming into another relationship expecting to know who he is. And he didn't know who he was either, right? We were so young. Yeah. And... and this is the stuff that nobody teaches you at school. Right? <laughs> Teach you ABC, how to read, one, yeah. two, three, how to do math. But nobody teaches you the ABC of how to do relationships. Right? Imagine, imagine how much better life would be if we taught children how to have a good, harmonious relationship with themselves and other people. If we taught them how to earn money. If we taught them how to do all this amazing stuff, you know. Huge. Well, our daughters, uh, our just my daughters, um, they they actually they le- they've learned all these skills because Good. they've been heavily into the personal development. I mean, my youngest daughter um, did her first Tony Robbins event when she was fourteen. Wow! I wish I'd been able to start when I was fourteen. I don't think I'd have been ready to be fair, but fair yeah. play you for bringing them into it. That's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. And, and so the relationship now, obviously, you, you, you're you're a successful health uh, relationship coach. You you know you, you and your husband. I mean, I, I see videos. I see your website, which we'll talk about in a bit. I see all of that. But you know, you two are just like this beautiful picture of blissful, harmonious now, right? And the truth is, Mark, that we still have arguments. Of course, we do. Sure. Because we are human, and every every argument that we have. I can hand on heart now say is less frequent mm. and literally is resolved like that. Why? Because uh, yeah. we have the strategies to deal with it now. We understand each other. And this is my mantra with everybody that I work with. Are you choosing love or are you choosing being right? <laughs> which, one, which one is it? Lots of people can relate to that, I'm sure. Yeah, lots of, lots of people would rather have their ego and be right than actually choose choose love and, and acceptance. And forgive and mm. ask for forgiveness and yeah. take accountability. Mm. Yeah. And go first, lead first. Because a lot of people were like, gosh, you actually got down on your hands and knees and begged for forgiveness. What about him? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. A yeah. lot of women have said that to me. A lot yeah. of women have said that, you I ain't doing that for no man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's counterintuitive, right? Because forgiveness is about releasing you and letting go. Sure. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think when, I, when I got my ego out of the way, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. my ego, my, my whole thing with life remix was like the 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 you know the collapse of my life, but it was actually the removal of ego, and with the removal of ego, I could move into total acceptance. Yes. Uh, you know, could start with myself, forgive everyone everything, and then start to be loving, and and then you know, be married, you know, be married for 
two three years now and been with Emma seven eight years now and and you know it, it, there's there's good there's there's great stuff in this there's great stuff in this and when you get your relationship right your intimate relationship right and then you can get your other relationships right outside uh of that you know life just becomes so much more happier and harmonious right it's beautiful and and if i can just yeah. share with you some data some statistics around yeah. this just evidence um that particularly for men and i primarily work with executives now male executives particularly for men that when we um are, are not happy in our intimate relationship our productivity goes down by do you know what percentage can you guess well i know that in my own previous um my own previous experiences that when everything in my previous relationships when everything was all right uh i i was 100 productive and i think when everything was not all right i was distracted and thinking about like oh what's she doing what's she thinking what can i you know can i fix it what can I, all that kind of stuff i'd say probably i don't know 40 50 you know less i don't know the the evidence shows that a man who's relate intimate relationship is not right and and is on the rocks his productivity is reduced by 80 percent ouch ouch for his boss as well right <laughs> right and there's some other evidence to show this elon musk and tony robbins their businesses went down at the same time as their divorces mm. Yeah, and and, and I think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill, which I'm sure you read and know plenty about. But it's, a, it's a, almost like a Bible for me. He yeah. said that in that book, he says most. He's talking about men because it was written a hundred years ago, yeah. and I mean, he was focusing on millionaires and men of the time. And he says that the, a man's most productive years are 45 to 65. You know, and that's because he's made all his, his mistakes. You know, he's transmuted. They call it sex transmuse, transmutation, where you actually like stop that energy of like chasing women and, and the physicality and all that kind of stuff, and you actually find that true love and that true acceptance. And he says, obviously, that a man's choice of a masculine choice of partner, the feminine, can either make or break him. And I think that's your your point is exactly what you just said. Because if you're not happy and you're 20% capacity and, and you know, you're not giving your fullest gift, things are going to go bad and for, for you in every area. And, yeah. and the, re the reason that I'm becoming more successful and the reason that you're certainly successful and up there is because of that solid foundation, that relationship, you know, so I, I love it. It's so important. Well, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And the, uh, the other uh, statistic that I often share is that we all know that, half of marriages end in divorce we know that right it's, it's a common thing okay unfortunately mm -hmm. yeah, yeah what we don't know is that of the 50 percent of the people that did go through the divorce there was some a survey done to say that actually 70 percent of those people regret that divorce and wish that if they had the right tools the right strategies they could mm. save that marriage yeah, and there's a couple of the, the men that I work with, and these are like multi-millionaires. Some of them, they've, they said their biggest regret in their life is divorcing the mother of their children. Wow. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That's uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, an important uh, an important lesson for for many of the guys out there to learn. Uh, you know, an important statistic to understand that you know you can, you know, particularly as a masculine partner you know you you can fix things as long as you turn up you're present you offer decisions you show love you know you're you're strong you know i, I had to learn all this this is the funny thing i didn't I, I didn't have that strong masculine presence in my life so i didn't i didn't know it uh, yeah. i've had to read it in books and then go out and practice it and and but the more i've practiced it and then we'll come on to how we met in a minute but the, the more i practiced it the more successful i've become and the more that you know now i can be you know, happily married and, and, and in a great place because I've learned all this stuff, all the stuff you preach and all the stuff in these books. I've learned it all and I go, yes, all right. You know, I, my way wasn't, Bob Proctor said to me, your way isn't working, try mine. And I said, <laughs> I said, yes, Bob, all right, just go for it, mate. Just tell me. And I, that, led, that led me all the way to you, you know, which is amazing. Yeah, I love that, Mark. And I love the fact that um, what, what you've shared about your story, and it's this is what's happened in this century, in this decade, what's happened is 
because of the rise in divorce, like mm. think about grandparents, there were less divorce then, there was more the polarity, there was more the man went to work, the woman stayed at home, so they had their own roles, right? Mm. So that meant the children had role models and and they, um, they understood the dynamics of relationship. Okay, it wasn't perfect and there was issues within that, but they had quite clear roles, right? Mm. And with the rise in divorce rate, more and more children are being raised by women without the strong role model of a father. And more and more women are becoming the breadwinners. Nothing wrong in that. Nothing. No, but what's occurring is they, they, they thought that they were in their power, in their masculine at work. And actually the truth is, when you step into your feminine power, that's when you truly, truly command your power, right? Because think about the boardroom. i just give you an analogy for a moment. Think about the boardroom, right? You've got a woman who walks in all suited and booted, and she is ordering everybody about and telling them what to do and how to do it. The energy and the vibration which she's doing that, is that magnetizing people towards or is that pushing them away? Right? Yeah, and and then you've got a woman who still suited and booted, but is very much open and very much wanting to listen and learn and then make the decision and consider and ask for help and support. Is that magnetizing or is that pushing away? Definitely option A. Yeah, because she's operating in her authentic... Now, I'm not saying that you can't at times. The masculine energy is about um, doing, getting stuff done, right? Yeah. As a mother, you have to use masculine energy to get... You have to get your kids to school, right? (laughs) There's there's certain things you have to do, so it's not that you don't do it. It's just that then revert back to what's your natural homeostasis, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, ladies, when you operate from a real place of authenticity and you're genuinely asking for help and support, there's not a man on this planet that wouldn't help you. Absolutely. You can't do it. It just means that you're choosing to have help and support. So I've got the masculine masculine down in all of us is purpose and direction. Right. And the the feminine in all of us is fullness and love. Hmm. And we, when we've got that kind of like, you know, some people will be much more in that purpose and direction and some people will be much more in that fullness and love. Yeah. Uh, and it's not a judgment thing. It's just about understanding ourselves. It's about observing ourselves. And it's about then doing, you know, if it's not working, is then talking to people like us and then and doing something about it, you know. So so I think that's 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 amazing. And and I, um, we've we've spoken for almost an hour. And I told you we'd be here, didn't I? I told you we'd be talking about this for a long time. I mean, it, it's, so it's, incredible. it's incredible, you know. And I know we're even just scratching the surface for myself, you know. I know we're just scratching the surface. But look, let me, let's move on to, to another question. So 2020 for you. Um, yeah, not quite the year that we had planned, is it 2020? Um, but you know, is there any positives for you? What's what you know, what can you take? Oh, 100%. The first thing I would say, Mark, is that I never plan anything, <laughs> so it made no difference to me because I absolutely live in the present moment. I live in this moment, and I know people are like, Well, how can you not plan? Like coming to Spain the week, like because. I don't worry about the future and because I don't worry about the future, I'm so open to any opportunity and what COVID did. And of course there are people that have struggled and suffered and I honor and I'm not at yeah, the You know, there are people that have really suffered and lost loved ones. And I myself in my family have had a quite a serious issue with one of, with my father. So it's not that I haven't felt that but I've chosen to look at it through a different lens. I've chosen to look at it as an opportunity for us to try new things and grow. And as a result, my business has taken off, my husband's business has taken off. We've ended up spending like three months in a place where I've always dreamt of being, always wanted to live by the ocean. Mm. Right? Good for you. Yeah, good for you. 
and 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 people will say, well, that's all right for you, Dimple. I said, no, we made those choices. Yeah, it's anyone. Yeah, it's not an easy option to like pack up your whole house in a week and just go. <laughs> but many people spend too much time worrying about the future, or too much time looking back in anger. Um, you know, and it, it's it's difficult. It's, it's I heard a great little story actually. There's a show on Apple TV, Apple Plus TV, about a coach called Ted Lasso. He's a football coach, and he comes down and he's talking. There's a tackle that goes on, and one of the kids is going to go back and try and get the other guy, and it's all like ah, a lot of anger. And he calls him over and he says, "Sam, Sam, Sam, come here, come here." And he says, "Do you know what the happiest animal on the planet is?" And Sam's like, "Like, what are you talking about, coach? Because you're a football coach, right?" But he's basically a life coach. But he says to him, like, do you know what the happiest animal on the planet is? And he says, no, I don't know, coach. He goes, goldfish. And by this time, the kid's like going like, what are you talking about? Like goldfish, I'm trying to play football here. And yeah. he, says, he says, do you want to know why? And the kid's like, yeah. He goes, 10-second memory. And when you think about a 10-second memory, if we all had a 10-second memory, it was just like, you know, no emotional attachment, just right, we're right here, this is it, this is all we've got, this moment and nothing else. And we just be here and we focus in on exactly what we need to do and we get it done and we don't have worries and we don't have angers. How much better would we be? 100%. 100% because when we're here and present, we're open to any opportunity. When we're in the past or the future, we're not. I hear you, sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's so, honestly, uh, and it took a long while for me to get there because I used to spend a lot of time in the past and the future. Yeah, yeah, and and most, and the funny thing is, the majority of people do. The majority yeah. of people, I did, I did, and it led me to deep, deep unhappiness. And um, it, it's not anything I would, you know, it's how I coach people. I coach people to to not have to, you know, go to those depths that I went to. Uh, yeah. I coach people to like, you know, get get in the present moment. What's past is prologue. Forgive, forget, move forward, accept, be grateful. Boom, let's go. Let's go. Exactly. Sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> but it's daily practice, right? Yeah. It's yeah daily practice it's not something it's a muscle that you have to keep practicing you have to keep flexing that muscle yeah. um, and what I would say to your viewers is that if you are looking to um, get a coach I, this is one of the questions I would ask your coach that you're looking to get is do they have a coach do mm. they have somebody that they have mentoring them yeah right because if you if they don't, I would be dubious. Like, how are they growing? Who's looking at their blind spots? A really good point. Because I've got people, I've got coaches. I've shared this with some of the people on the on the uh, videos already. I've got coaches for just about everything. Uh, you know, I've got coaches for everything, and uh, and it's great because at the end of the day, they show me something, and I go, ah, uh, yeah, okay. And then I pass that on to other people, and I help them. Uh, it's it's just a chain. It's a chain of we all help each other. Right, one hundred percent, absolutely. Love it. So that, that's what I would say. And feel for whether they're the right person for you. Yeah, that's that, important. You know, that synergy is so important, isn't it? Yeah, that's, you know, there's so many out there. So choose wisely. Choose wisely is a very, very good piece of advice, Dimple. So, look, we, we could go on all night. I know we could. I know we could. I know we could, but we can't. <laughs> it's been so Thank no, it's, you. It's been awesome to see you, by the way. You look really healthy. You look really well. Spain, clear, Porto Benus clearly agrees with you. It must be tough <laughs> out there right now while I'm freezing my neck. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, there's a thunderstorm going on out there tonight, which is interesting. It's the first one. So Yeah, yeah the, internet, like... the internet was a bit dodgy there to start with. But, <laughs> good. but where, where can people find you? How can they get in touch with you? Where are you? What are you doing? Come on, give us some info. Oh, thank you so much. So my website is www.dimple.love, L-O-V-E. And on there are all my handles for my Facebook. I have a Facebook group. I have a um, Facebook page and I have Instagram, the Love Coach Dimple. And I've got loads of free stuff. In fact, at the moment, I've got on my website, I have... Um, a survival guide for lockdown one wow. for him one for her so wow. and that's absolutely free so it's a reserved gift so. a, lo a lockdown relationship survival guide i do feel that many people will be interested in that dimple and they, yeah. that, that's a dimple dot love yeah yeah dimple wow. dot that's okay. it there's no dot com or anything it's just dimple no, no, dot. no i think you've nailed that website it's a beauty i love that, I love that. <laughs> so and, uh, and our main 
Instagram, I have loads of free videos, actually, tidbits on how to be struggling with things like, I don't know, keeping her happy or any of those sort of things, you know. <laughs> and that is awesome. That is, that is absolutely awesome. And I think it's so important that you share that story. And I know you do. You share it as a speaker and you, and you do it all over the world. Uh, and I know that uh, when we can all get back in a room together uh, with Harry Singer uh, and the rest of Paul Dorrington and the rest of the team, um, and Louise, I know we can uh, we can all get together again and, and have a catch up, and uh, and uh, yeah. I, know, I know we'll be able to help a great many people. Obviously, with Life Remix coming out, you know, I'm looking to help as many people as possible to avoid a crisis and and or certainly recover recover from this one. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's 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 poignant stuff. Um, and as you, as we said, relationship is the absolute foundation. So. Um, I just want to say thank you, Dimple, for being with us tonight. Um, you know, if you're going to watch this on catch up, guys, do watch it back. Uh, do watch the whole thing because Dimple's story is, is powerful, is beautiful. Uh, and you can find her on socials and, and across her website. But uh, she's a very special woman. So, Dimple, thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Matt. I'll see you soon. Take care. Yeah, bye. bye. Life remixed. With Mark Hi, it's Mark Wilkinson here, author of Life Remixed. Are you currently feeling stuck in your life with nowhere to go? Then it's definitely time to remix your life. The book is out now on Amazon across the world. It's been endorsed by Bob Proctor and Marcy Scheimer from The Secret, as well as some wonderful, wonderful people. You can also log on to markwilkinsonofficial.com, sign up, stay updated. We can help you take control of your life. Big, big love. Listen, baby, I don't mind what you do in your own time, as long as it feels all right. It's all right. Life Remixed.